Hi all, welcome to the podcast uh, hosted by me, Kshutaj Mahajan of Bilbies and Genius. Usually we talk about the international students and today we will talk about the international students but uh, we will tie that up with the Indian growth story as to what's happening with India and we can't just sort of ignore the motherland which is a, a beautiful country, India and what's happening with it. Uh, so very, very interesting things are occurring uh, which is Firstly, we will talk about, and as you can see on my screen, I've got this article from France 24, India at 75, rising power, finding its place on global stage. So very correct, because I was just uh, listening to this video from uh, the Indian conclave by India today, and I was listening to the uh, Prime Minister, Mr. Narendra Modi, and he was just talking about what's happening in the last, what's happened in the last 75 days, which is crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, the amount of things happening and the amount of stuff he's done over just the last 75 days is just huge. Um, so that's that's brilliant. Um, and he was just talking about that he doesn't have enough time to talk about. He's, he had like half an hour or something to talk and he said if he just keeps on talking about what he's done or what the country has done in the last 75 days, it's it's not going to be sufficient. Uh, so they talked about the, the railways line they're building from Mumbai to Delhi and many other railway lines, the infrastructure stuff going on, the amount of um, very simple facilities like electricity, toilets being given, uh, the housing, new housing, close to 30 million, 30 million houses have been built over the last a uh, few years that they've done a lot of other stuff such as building infrastructure and also sort of putting India at the global stage uh, by hosting the G20 and doing multitude of things. I mean, uh, the amount of effort getting put in by uh, the bureaucrats and the, the ministers at the government uh, is huge. So very, very proud to hear this growth story, uh, firstly. And then uh, I guess uh, I was also sort of researching for your article as to what, what is the real thing. I mean, it's good to sort of hear it from the horse's mouth, but it's also good to do your independent research to sort of figure out what exactly is happening with India. And in this instance, I've got this article from France 24. Uh, it just states that three quarters of the century after independence, India is a nuclear power about the about to become the world's most populous country and its economy has overtaken its former colonizer, which is Britain. So in the top five economy, India is, but India has new challenges to overcome at a diplomatic state. So very, very important statement there. Diplomacy has been actually a key asset of Australia. Very, very important asset these days, especially with smart people like Dr. Jayashankar at the helm of foreign affairs and, and many other people who sort of are behind the scenes working hard to make India what it is today in terms of diplomacy. Uh, it is very, very interesting, especially with the relation it has with Russia and now with US and growing relations that is uh, it's coming into its own. Uh, I think it's got its own uh, value rather than just being a subordinate uh, to these countries. So it's playing a very equal role at this stage, given its uh, economic uh, might and the, the way it's grown during the difficult time of war and COVID-19. So it's shown the way forward uh, from my perspective. But let's talk about this this article. So India wants, a new, uh, wants to sort of have a permanent seat in the UN, UN Security Council, uh, like the five victors of World War II, including its former colonial power, Britain. I think all of them are, are pro-India in terms of getting the new UN Security Council. That's what they say anyhow. But China is the main opponent. It's very, it's, it obviously doesn't want India to be part of 
the UN Security Council. So yeah, that's what it really wants. India is the only country to be a member of both Shanghai Cooperation Organization driven by Moscow and Beijing and the US-led Quad Initiative of Democracies aimed at containing China. So very, very interesting. India is sort of playing both fields at this stage. Not really playing, playing. It's playing on its own, but it is sort of in this statement, it seems like it's been shown it's playing its own field. But if it's doing it, and if it's doing it diplomatically, fantastically, then just carry on. Uh, it is also co-founded uh, the BRICS grouping that brings together Brazil, Russia, China, and South Africa. So uh, all these, uh, the four nations I've just talked, the names and so forth, they are very strong growing economies. And Brazil is obviously standing out in terms of growth. Its GDP has grown a lot over the, over the last few years. And it's challenging the might of the, the, the US and the European led global governance structure so important to have a competition it's never good to have sort of one or two countries sort of ruling the roost uh, or a bunch of countries which are sort of have hush hush relationship with us to rule the roost it's good to have sort of um, the, the developing of the or just on the brink of development uh, countries uh, really putting it out there that we are no less uh, so it's good to see that uh, for decades, India obviously got marginalized, marginalized its, uh, itself diplomatically because it, it was, wasn't really uh, aligning with the Cold War superpowers such as US and so forth. It had aligned with Moscow uh, because of, for multitude of reasons, and, and it's, it's obviously Moscow is the biggest arms supplier, Russia being the biggest arms supplier to India. So it always had good relationship with Moscow. Uh, but now it's obviously pushing towards good relationship with the US and European countries. It's had big arms deal with um, France recently, bought Rafale, I think at a humongous amount of prices, price, but they are a very important uh, asset to India, so they've bought it. Uh, and other things are happening. A lot of money is being spent uh, in nuclear, not nuclear, sorry, the arms and ammunition side of things. So India is, is sort of making sure it has strong, strong uh, weapons alongside because it's got really turbulent borders you know who the border people are i mean china pakistan i mean it's always had issues with them and it's gonna be probably continue unless india becomes really really sturdy and strong hits the 10 15 million dollar uh, mark which is going to happen in the 10-15 years and once it gets there I think most of the other countries will sort of shy away from having a conflict uh, because you don't want a superpower to sort of mess around with so I think it, I think it's important to become the Prime Minister says that it needs to become self-independent which is Atmanirbhur uh, so do your own thing build your own manufacturing have your own arms and ammunitions have a strong you should be able to feed your own country uh, and not really rely, rely on someone else so I think that's the mantra or the mantra for for Indian uh, or the Indian government, uh, the current Indian government. So really pleasing uh, to sort of see this happening in front of our own eyes. I'm I'm 80s born, so early 80s born. So I've never never thought that India has become is going to become such strong uh, player in the economic uh, scene and also in the at the global scene. I think it was overdue because a lot of the Indians are very very smart, uh, but I think they obviously shy away shied away from. Uh, being a little more assertive now because it's it's got a certain amount of uh, assertion which is an obvious because of the strong government and the way the economy is growing in India. I think even the international students out there will feel more confident in expressing themselves if they have any concerns, and they won't feel any less than uh, than, um, than than the Europeans uh, because there is that post-colonial hangover which which still continues but i think it's it's subsiding it's it's going away i think in the next five to ten years it's i think it's going to completely go away if this government i think stays on and they will stay on i feel so uh which is really good even i'm still learning i've i've learned so many facts over the last three or four years 
which I was not across about the history of India and so forth. So very, very important you brush up your history because what you see right now through different independent mediums is the real, true nature and history of India. Not just not just what we were taught in the books, uh, but the real nature. And that's coming up through uh, independent scholars who are willing to speak up now because they have more confidence uh, and not really thinking of, uh, not really not really having a backlash like what used to happen um, in in the previous days with the Congress uh, in charge. Now, everyone knows the reality of what's happened in the past, in the last 70-odd 70, 70 years or 65 years. Uh, but now I think we have a true leader in the current Prime Minister, and uh, I think he's doing a great job, uh, to be honest. And I think that's going to obviously give, uh, as I said before, the confidence for the Indian uh, community uh, depend regardless of where you sort of um, are from I think it's uh, you will get the confidence of being being at this stage uh, of of what India is and then uh, then just being a bit more I guess being proud of, of who you are earlier I think it used to be a bit different but I think the last 10 years since it's it's grown diplomatically with a lot of different countries like Australia Canada uh, Canada they're still work in progress but Australia definitely part of Quad India is part of Quad so definitely you will feel confident um, coming up here because there, there is some sort of a brotherhood happening, which is great to see. And there's there's equal voice of Indians now, I feel. So it's good to see that. Now, coming back to this article. Now, New Delhi insists that dirty fuel is essential for an economy attempting to lift millions out of extreme poverty. We're talking about the carbon fuel because it's obviously important. You can't have electricity to, I mean, you can, but... Coal is the is the major fuel used to 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 churn out electricity in India. So uh, you can't get away with it uh, for the time being. Uh, India can't sort of have, they have to emit carbon emissions, but it, it is going to subside. And they are looking at technologies, new technologies like hydrogen and so forth. The hydrogen trucks are in play. I, I'm happy to sort of show you this article. Alliance Industries Ashok Leyland unveils India's first hydrogen power heavy duty truck at India Energy Week. So I'm very excited to see this. That. Reliance and Ashok Leyland have to unveil the uh, the hydrogen-powered uh, heavy-duty truck. Uh, so very, very important um, technology which can be unfurled or is getting unfurled uh, in the near future. So Mukesh Ambani and Ashok Leyland unveiled its first hydrogen internal combustion engine-powered heavy-duty truck on Monday, the 7th of February 2023. India's first hydrogen-powered truck was flagged off by PM Narendra Modi in Bengaluru at India Energy Week. So this can be a game-changer. I mean, if this comes into play, and by the looks of it, it is going to happen in this Atmanirbha Bharat campaign, which is about self-being an independent or self-dependent uh, India. This this can be a game changer. So watch out for this space for sure. Uh, we'll also talk about the GDP growth or what's happening in the World Bank statistics. You can see that it's it's come to around in the 2021 8.7. I think it's it is it is going to grow. You can see 8.7. They I think the recent statistics are not there yet, but it will talk about the 2022 2023 uh, data. 2023 I think we'll see good numbers uh, in the GDP. Uh, India is quietly claiming uh, to economic power status. I mean that that this article came from Guardian. The Guardian, uh, in September 2022, the rise of China has been the biggest story in the global economy in recent decades, but amid concerns of inflation and so forth, uh, India is a new economic superpower maybe going under the radar. I mean, it's not under the radar. I think it's a slightly older article, so you'll see that 
it is not really under the radar. It's actually coming into full foray and just getting the job done in terms of diplomacy, in terms of economic superpower, in terms of building relationships, and in terms of negating uh, the negative activities at the borders and inside India. So it's 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 got a really strong, I think, faculty of people running the government. I feel like you see a few people in the front of the screen, but I think behind the scenes, there's people who are always working pretty hard. We probably don't know them, but I feel there are hundreds and thousands of people working uh, hard behind the scenes, behind doors, along with the prime ministers and uh, along with the uh, different heads, home minister, the NSA chief, and and so forth. They are working together to sort of in unison to get the to have this multi-prong attack happening. Uh, not an attack, but it, it is sort of a strategy work in, work in progress to get the job done in terms of uh, showing presence in the economic stage and then delivering with performance. Uh, so very, 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 very important juncture India is at. And I think it's it's going to grow uh, a lot faster than a lot of people predict over the next five years. Okay, now we will talk about the Indian economic strategy 2035 by the DFAT, which is the Department of Foreign Foreign Affairs and Trade by the by the Australia. So yeah, it's a very, very, again, interesting uh, take on Indian economic strategy to 2035. There, there. Uh, the report is there, the macro story, India's economic um, economy is of global importance. It has a large and young population, an open and democratic political, political system. It is already the third largest economy and contributor to global economic growth, yet there is considerable untapped potential. With more than a sixth of the world's population, uh, India only produces 7% of the world out, output. So a great, uh, great pickup there in the summary uh, of this this. The macro story about India and its um, and its its way towards the uh, the 2035. India has also enjoyed a setup in the growth rates over the past few decades, supported by reform efforts and the expansion of its aspirational consumer class. So this reports assume growth rate of 68% annually over the next day, two decades, underpinned by productivity improvements. Obviously, we're looking at 68% growth rate. So I think in the, my analysis about the first statement is pretty good. I mean, that's bang on. The second one, maybe a 68%. I think we can probably grow. India can grow a bit more faster than 68%. It obviously has economic challenges. And it just talks about China, US and India in terms of shares of world GDP uh, amongst the G20 countries. India's GDP growth uh, is talked about here. Uh, India's population has benefited from its strong economic performance. So it, it is obviously talking about the liberalization and it's got a bunch of data in it. So it's an interesting article if you want to have a look at this from the DFAT uh, and Indian economic strategy to 2035 if you are interested in about Indian growth story. Now, um, yeah, coming back to this article from France 24, I think, uh, Xi and Indian Prime Minister Modi have not met since uh, exchanging courtesies at the G20 meeting in the Indonesia in November. So obviously there's a bit of a cold wipe going on given what the border situation has been over the last two years in between India and China. So without without sorting that out, I think there's going to be cold wipes going on in between the two two leaders of these two, two powerful countries. New Delhi has been building up its military, including its border defenses and armaments industry with a nuclear-powered submarine of its own. And recently unveiled its first locally made aircraft carrier, which is Vikrant, INS, I think. So uh, it's, again, a very ingenious te technology. Yeah, uh, there's not too many countries have got this aircraft carrier. India can actually produce it at a very low cost. Made it only the fourth nation to send it and, and also an orbiter to Mars. So excuse me for the for the aircraft noise. I live next to the, uh, the Air Forces of Australia. So you will probably hear a lot of uh, engines flying. 
aircraft engines flying uh, during the podcast. So, yeah, interesting. So, it was the it's the only four nation, fourth nation to send an orbiter to Mars, and it has plans for a manned mission into orbit, uh, but remains well behind China and so forth. So, yeah, interesting, interesting articles about a couple of uh, about the France 24. We talked about a bit of GDP. So, yeah, all up, uh, India is on the charge and from the perspective of the international student what i really feel and let's i've got this article which we actually haven't talked about so and this is this is this is very interesting because it talks about how india sort of captured the imagination of the world during the pandemic the pandemic added a sharp decline in birth rate to china uh, the working uh, population peaked at 2014 in india pandemic has done little structural damage if anything the reverse has occurred the COVID-19 era shifted global working patterns in ways India is uniquely placed to capture through its scale, technology, speak, uh, capacity, and English-speaking capability. The pandemic also exacerbated geopolitical fault lines, leaving India's non-alignment less cemented. India is in something of a geopolitical sweet spot, quoted by Quad, China, and others. After a decade without signing an agreement with large economy, India signed new pacts with the UAE and Australia in 2022 and one with the UK in the first half of 2023. So that's a big news. Uh, the shift in India's cities uh, is stark. Infrastructure now represents 23% of total spending at the state government levels, the highest in a decade. So central government spending on infrastructure is on all-time high of 19% last week's, which is, I think, uh, this is a Feb article, so a few weeks before a national budget doubled down on the capital investment agenda by including a one-third increase in planned spending, bringing the allocation uh, up to 4% of GDP. So a lot of money being spent on the infrastructure. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's a requirement because of the growing economy. Uh, for India, progress on clearing non-performing loans. With, uh, I think it, non-performing loans has been an issue, but it's been uh, dealt with. It's, it's up to around 5%, which is good so, to borrow loans and uh, and improving our credit history as 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 if you are an indian citizen you would like to have a good credit history india should have a good credit history if it wants to sort of borrow uh, from international market then uh, it should be able to get money easily uh, to sort of put money in the market and then grow the grow the uh, the growth engine so china's performance let's look at the china's performance over the last two decades is now treated as transparently predictable uh, obviously, it's taken a tumble because of uh, problems with the U.S. and uh, how China is sort of browbeating uh, essentially U.S. and uh, therefore China, U.S. is sort of putting a lot of factories and so forth. And it's slowly moving away from China. It's putting factories in Philippines, uh, Asia, India, and so forth. So uh, these things are very, very obvious. And in uh, and, and U.S. is no is not making any bones. It's very visible in terms of it's saying it like it is and. Um, not really happy with what China is doing, especially after COVID-19 and so forth. So, and it's probably, uh, US is obviously uh, a bit threatened by China also because it's growing at a huge pace and it's not really listening to its its, its masters, so, uh, which is essentially US because a lot of the production happens in the US, money comes from US, but China is saying it's walking its own path. It's just uh, but getting the technology from US and then replicating it, uh, reverse engineering and, and making its own things now. Uh, and and it's probably playing the same card US did to other countries now or probably other countries did to, to other countries in, in the very uh, old uh, history and and it's probably China's using the same strategy in the modern era, but get copying a flag uh, from everywhere. But this has been happening. I think history repeats itself, and this has been happening uh, forever. 
Uh, so China is no different. It's using the same old strategy to its benefit now. And it just, uh, I think it'll be if if India and China, for instance, I'm not sure where they can they can join their hands together. But if they can with the assist of Russia, then well, it's a huge. Firstly, it's a huge population these three countries have. They probably do not need a lot of assistance from Europe. Uh, they can build uh, pipelines for fuel. Uh, they can build their own weapons. Uh, they are independent. Uh, they have huge uh, customer base, so they won't need a lot of European assistance and and US uh, and the Americas assistance. So I think it can be an, an own uh, superpower in its own in its own way, and that's a good thought. Uh, I think it might happen. I think my my gut feeling is it might occur that India and China can actually um, join hands. And I think it's 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 instead of fighting for each other uh, or with each other rather, uh, it's it's given their status at this stage. If they join hands and work uh, collaboratively alongside 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 other countries, uh, and Russia being a big part of it, then I'm sure they can work in in a much much faster pace and in a, in a more peaceful environment. I'm not sure whether that can happen that easily, but. I think if sensibility has to prevail, but I mean, normally it doesn't happen. But if I think my gut feeling is if it does occur, then these two powers coming together can make a lot of the other countries sort of uh, take notice of them and then uh, do valid business and recognize them as, as huge superpowers in its own right. So it'll be good. And it's a very similar culture. I mean, Chinese and Indians have a very similar tradition in the way they think and hardworking, big population, similar kind of uh, mindset. I feel personally, I feel that I uh, could be wrong here, but this is what I feel. And I think they can potentially work together. So this is a very different idea to what I've been uh, watching in the news and so forth that obviously they are fighting in on the borders around the eastern side and so forth. But I think if they, they choose to work together, it can be a huge plus for them. And, and Russia, I think I've heard news where Russia could did try uh, doing it uh, for these two countries. Uh, they, they, they tried sort of... Uh, putting them together next to each other. And I think I'm not sure where that effort has gone anyway, but I think if it, if it can happen, uh, it'll be brilliant, wouldn't it? So that's pretty much it. And I've touched a little bit on the international side of things, international student perspective. Now, uh, just, just I think before I sort of finish off, just a few, few take on what, what this growth story of India means to the international students of subcontinent or India and so forth. And I think obviously the confidence is one thing. It's the reliability of going back to your country and finding a job. A good job is the other thing because the more money there is in India, the better the options are in terms of, of sort of returning to your country and living with your parents and family because that's what Indians normally do. And they, live, they would like to live with their family and then want to have a stable job after spending a lot of money overseas uh, in the education. I think it'll be a good option to have that and it will occur slowly so uh, these couple of things will give an edge to the mindset of the young uh, people who are coming here for studies uh, thirdly i feel having more confidence uh, obviously i talked about that's the first part but having a bit more say uh, in your job would be the other thing you'll see probably more indian leaders coming in the picture there is already quite a few but you'll see other countries embracing uh, indians as being the leaders uh, that's going to happen. So these top top two three uh, three things I think will will be good because given the the Indian growth story. So that's pretty much it. Thank you very much for watching this video. If you like the video, please subscribe to it. Uh, it's always good to sort of catch up with the audience. Uh, and thanks for getting me to 101 subscribers. Much appreciated. 
for that and do follow the hindi uh, podcast because i'll be i'll be doing a podcast in hindi pretty shortly and i'll talk about uh, much more about india in the in the hindi uh, hindi you can sort of emote differently so if you want to check out more and also take on the international perspective uh, or the international students perspective and what can really affect and how would they get affected with the growth story of india you can check out uh same sort of uh, sort of content but uh, more in uh, more an indian version or more of a hindi version uh, so i'll see you shortly please please also subscribe to the i want to study abroad underscore hindi channel uh, and we'll talk more about other things in there so have a good one thanks for listening bye bye